Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank All you. right. Ms. Susan, why don't you start us this morning with the word of prayer? Yes, sir. Kind Father, can you all hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Kind Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for being our Prince of Peace. Oh, yes, God. Our way maker, our shield of armor. And Lord, we love you. The lover of our soul. Continue to shield and protect our family members and us from all intended evil. Forgive us for our sin of omission and commission. Prepare our heart and mind. For the rhema word on this morning. Oh, yes, yes, God. We love you and we thank you. Continue to bless the overseer of this ministry and his family. Yes, Give them their heart's desire and give them favor. With whomever they need favor from God. Father, I'm covering myself, the listener, and our family member with the blood of Jesus. That we will not get any backlashes from this prayer in Jesus' name. And Father, we just love you and we just praise you. And we just thank you for opening up our ears and hearts. To hear mm-hmm. what you have to say to us. And let mm-hmm. us take it in and let it mm-hmm. make us be stronger in yes. you mm-hmm. and grow in the grace of God. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Glory to you, Father God. Yes, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. 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 This is a beautiful day, and that God has made, and um, He is, uh, uh, you know, uh, not only mighty, He is magnificent. He is, oh, yes. you know, the King of Kings, and He is the Lord of Lords, and He's yes. sitting on the right hand of the Father, yes. and it's just such an, uh, you know, assurance for us mm-hmm. to know what a God we serve. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Um, if there is any praise item for this morning, um, this is a good time to share because, uh, you know, the Bible says there are two things that the enemy is scared of. One is the blood of Jesus, and the second is the testimony of his saints. Hallelujah. He trembles when the saints open their mouth, but he trembles. Hallelujah. You know, so this is, this is our time to make the enemy to put him where he belongs. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, I have a praise report. Um, It has been a little bit of tension in my family with my mother and my two sisters. We don't all see eye to eye with Mm. the vaccine. Two of my sisters or my two sisters had decided that the vaccine was not for them. My my mother, my stepfather, and myself, we, we all 
got vaccinated. Well, we found out last uh, week, not this past week, the week before, my sister somehow had gotten COVID and along with my brother-in-law. And she she eats right, so I, I knew that was okay, but her age, um, both of their ages could have gone really wrong. But they were able to stay out of the hospital and and go through it and they they are fine now. So they're out they were out of quarantine yesterday. So I, I just I am so thankful. It it's been a battle in my own mind because when I first found out that that one streak wanted to say that's what you get for not being vaccinated. But I had to hold my tongue and pray just just as faithful as I ever had. And it all mm. it all worked out. And still we we don't we don't mention the differences of the mind and that's something that I am so thankful that I, I can pray about that and get peace about it and hold Hallelujah. my tongue. Amen. 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 I had the same similar situation with uh, Laurie. There's a guy named George who takes care of our computers, right? He's like a tech guy. Uh, he is a company. He would never put this vaccination. I mean, he is he, just like a totally against guy. You know, I cannot convince this guy. And to make the matters worse, he goes to India, where it is really worse. Oh. I begged him to take the vaccine, you know, before he went to India. Because India has got like a wave one, wave two, wave three. I don't know how many waves they have. Like, they got every wave uh, mm-hmm. in India. Like, a, over four million people died so far. So I know that it's like a really rough, uh, but he never took he went, he came back nearly for like a two weeks. He had to be quarantined and cannot get to work. Yesterday was the first time he came to work. Uh, but I was thinking to myself, like, a, how, they just like adapt to the extent of God's grace, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's Hallelujah. Amen. But we are so glad your sister is doing well. And yeah. the brethren that's doing well, you know, they mm-hmm. are, you know, you know, protected. And, the, you know, the peace that God gave it to you uh, to hold your tongue, you know. So. Right. Yeah. That's the hardest part. That, that, was, <laughs> that was the miracle in itself. Even that's my brother right. was like, wow, you didn't say anything? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. A miracle. Praise the Lord. Feeling. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a gala coming up in the next couple of weeks in October 22nd. And the thing is that, you know, a lot of people are putting a lot of energy behind this effort. And, um, uh, and the thing is, it's like a God seed. The, the the people's heart and mind that's working towards this. Um, yesterday, I had a chance to see the second cut of the movie, 
that's going to be released on that day. It has come out so well. And it's still, uh, you know, they're going to still continue to work the next week or two. But, uh, you know, I am praying uh, and also worshiping. And I'm also thanking God for, you know, where he has brought that whole project, you know. And I know Miss Colette will cry her heart out when she sees that because there are a lot of these scenes that she sat in that room after like a 25 takes of that one scene. You know, Miss Colette, you will see how well it has come. But, you know, I praise God for, you know, um, getting this message out uh, into public because this nation is not facing just a the, the, this issue of, uh, you know, um, uh, fatherlessness is not a pandemic. It's not like a worldwide issue. Pandemic means like it is affecting the world or whole world, right? But the fatherlessness is an epidemic. It affects mm-hmm. a certain region uh, mm-hmm. in our nation. And that, uh, you know, if only we can bring fathers back into the lives of these children, the crime in this nation will come down. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that with every cluster of my blood. Uh, and, and uh, you know, and that's what is like a screaming through in that, uh, you know, shot film that's going to come out. So praise God Absolutely. for all the hands that have touched it. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Today, doctor, I mean, not doctor, like a Vince is not, I don't know whether he's on the line or not, he's traveling, but Miss mm-hmm. Katina is going to be, um, you know, bringing the plane home. Okay. At the end. So, any other praise item? I don't have a praise item, but um, a friend of mine texted me this morning because I send out spiritual messages every morning. And I know Barbara and Mrs. Ponset, um knows her. Her name is Angie. Maiden name is Washington, and it's Thompson. And uh, she texted me, and she said, she said, please pray for one of my beastie sister friends, Sharon, who just lost her daughter, her only child last mm. night. The mm. joy... Mm. Open heart surgery last week and was battling a lot of different ailments. And she said, our loving God called her home to rest. And she said that she is so saddened. But Sharon, the mom, is devastating at this time. So please help me to continue to pray for her strength in the Lord. Hallelujah. What is her name, Ms. Fredley? Um, the mom's name is Sharon. And the the young lady that passed on was Joy, and uh, my Angie. friend is is Angie. Amen. 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 Um, I just want to thank God for vision. I want to thank him for when he places, um, we call them ideas, but I, I do believe that they're assignments um, from the Lord. 
and we have a choice whenever he gives us these assignments of whether or not we're going to be obedient and follow mm-hmm. his footsteps or if we're going to dismiss them as just a silly idea. And God um, placed a, a, an idea um, upon years ago. It's probably been about maybe three, four years ago now. And, you know, I've been sitting with this vision and praying on this vision for years. And I just thank him for me being in a place where um, I could be brave and I could trust him that the vision that he gave is for a purpose and his kingdom's sake and that purpose is for him. And um, I'm elated that um, this vision that he gave me is actually, uh, God willing, will come to with the six, I am hosting women's tea. It's a virtual <clears throat> tea party where women get together and we discuss um, the vision that, and, you know, God showed me that there are a lot of people that are hiding behind their testimonies and that are hiding behind. God showed me that there are a lot of people that are hiding behind their testimonies and that are hiding behind who they are. And if they're hiding, he can only use them when they are brave enough. Stories, and he, If they're brave enough to be able to come up from underneath that him to do the healing that he needs to do in their lives. You know, oh, you know, I don't from me and what his plan is, well, we don't want to actually just start at the very beginning. Yeah. What is it exactly that you are hiding from? And when you will allow God to to give you what you need in order to come up from underneath, uh, out of hiding, so to speak, then God can actually reveal to you exactly what and what he wants you to do. So this tea virtual tea party is an opportunity for this message and this vision that God gave me to come out to other women and hopefully, um, you know, bring about a revival and a healing and, uh, and a breakthrough for a lot of people that are basically and don't know why. So I just praise God uh, today for that vision, and I thank him for allowing me to get to the point where I'm brave enough to um, trust him with his vision, you know, and Amen. just want to give him all honor on today for that and that he will continue to let his will be done Amen. up till November 6th and beyond. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. You know, God places these kind of seeds, Ms. Katina, in each of our hearts, and he will grow. And, uh, you know, even when we walk away from it, he's not going to let you walk away from it because he's already placed oh, no. it in your heart. Yeah, you know? right. And he will bring you, um, you know, the right resources um, to help. Um, and the thing is that, you know, he will continue to nurture them. And that's, um, you know, what an, uh, the, the, the thing is that a lot of these, um, you know, uh, ministers and the gospel um, and uh, theologians and everyone, you know, they actually, you know, if only they can just like rely on like what you said just now, that, you know, that vision that God has placed in your heart, like he's been nurturing this for like not just now, for years he's been nurturing that. 
and that he will make it to, you know, fruition. And uh, we continue to, you know, pray that, that, you know, God will just like send the right resources. Such a need. Amen. Yes, and you know, I started praying and I was asking God, well, you know, I don't know, you know, the who, when, where, how. I said, but God, you will send me and connect me with people that have, don't have, that we can all put our strengths together and, you know, work towards this vision. And that's exactly what he did, prayed that, and he showed me the faces and, and just through conversation, I just watched him work. And I, I thank him for that. I, I just thank him. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Any other praise items? Prayer items? Yeah. I just want right. um, to on what Katina said. You know, um, when God gives us a vision or gives us an idea, it's not all the time because we don't know the who, what, where, how, why, when. We have to rely on God for direction. Right. And mm-hmm. it takes years for God to mm-hmm. reveal the whole picture to us. So um, I said that day when God first called me into the prison ministry, I was scared. I mean, I was so scared. I ran away from that calling for two whole years. And just like Cyril mm-hmm. said, we can run away, but God don't let us run away. Ever so mm-hmm. often, feel that coming like that, that God kept saying, you're not doing what I called you to do. And for two years, I do that of, of unrest and tossing and turning at night when I was going through those seasons. And when I said yes in 2009, and look at where God has me today in Proverbs 2, all I could see was Lee's Avenue, the Charleston County Jail, Lee's Avenue, and that was see. And I was afraid of that. I said, Lord, I said, I don't even know your words fluent enough to go and share. And God said, just open your mouth. And that's what I did. And because of my testimony, one prisoner told me, he said, ma'am, he said, you're going to stop a lot of mothers from crying. He said, I appreciate mm-hmm. you giving me calling. He said, but you mark my words. You are going to stop a lot of mothers from crying. And that's Amen. exactly yeah. where God has me today. Just stepping Amen. out on faith, not knowing Amen. how to do it, when to do it. My pastor told me to go to, you know, he gave me chaplains to call and when I call, I had to leave messages, and I was like, well, I did what you told me to do. Now I can rest. And one chaplain called me back, Chaplain Eva Smith. That lady called me back at the end of 2008, and she said, you call at the right time because the way I want this ministry to go, God's going to do it in 2009. And that's when I started this ministry. So my, I'm saying all that to say, God does it. He, he just want to use us as instruments. He just want to know that we're available and that we're willing to do what he's called us to do. And God does the rest. Amen. 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 That's why, that's why Ms. Sarah, I mean, Ms. Brenda, he took you all the way to South Dakota to speak to those yes. moms. Yes. In South yes. Dakota. Yeah. 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 And I went yeah. there. I went there. It was on October 5th. 
it was my wedding yeah. anniversary, white wedding anniversary yeah. Tuesday. And it was on October 5th that George yeah. said, you know you got something to do. The Lord called you to do. Go ahead and do it. I'll be here when you get back. And and Amen. we went to South Dakota on my wedding anniversary. Amen. 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 Those moms needed you. That we yes. Yes. In, yes. In there, you yes. know. And uh, it was like, a, you know, the year before that we went there, we didn't have enough families uh, to come. Uh, only four or five families showed. And then the following year, we had 45 of them showed. And 15 of those families were housed in a hotel the night before yes. because we thought we could have such a large area. And, um, you know, because of, like, your heart, Mr. Brenda, you know, that night you had a, you had a dinner with the Secretary of State. I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I've met a lot of influential, influential, wealthy men. I remember the first time I met, um, what was the guy you said owned six million or something? He controlled six million or something dollars of, in Charlotte, mm-hmm. the richest guy. I met him uh, that particular night. I, I've met no, him. No, it's 1.8 billion. 1.8 billion. 8 billion. I know it's a lot of money. It's money. Yeah. Yes. And his, and his testimony is that his dad was in jail and his mom yeah. kept the family going together. So he yeah. saluted me for being the one to keep my house together when my son was in prison. He said, I know what you're going through because my mom went through the same thing. And that was so awesome to hear him test, you know, give that testimony. I don't know how many other people knew his dad had been in prison, but he said all his school life, his dad was in prison. Mm. That's right. This is like a, you know, such beautiful because, you know, you, you just like, a, you know, hear the testimonies, but it's also a place where the seeds are planted. This is where like a God's just like encouraging and growing those seeds. So praise God for this beautiful morning. Yeah, um, yeah. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. God, as, uh, as we go into your word, Father God, speak to us today. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, we are, we are listening, Father God, for your voice. Yes. God, we, we, we pray that these words, Father God, will come forth with healing. Yes. God, these words will come forth with comfort, Father God. These words will come forth, Father God, come forth and just like a go into places where we cannot go, Father God. Hallelujah. God, I just pray that you will just like a strengthen every heart, every mind, and every soul that's listening to this, not only on this line, Father God, but the ones that are going to listen to online, Father God, mm-hmm. the ones that are going to get this message years from now. Father God, we pray that this word will not come back in void. Father God, it will do what it is supposed to do in the lives of people. Father God, we surrender ourselves this morning into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor in Jesus' name I pray. Father, send your glory. Amen. The conference has been muted. Hallelujah.
This morning, um, we're just going to venture into another adventure with the Word. Um, earlier this year, we started off with the meditating on the, the tabernacle. We went through the different um, pieces of furniture that are inside the holy place, inside the holy of holies, where the mercy seat was. We looked at like the different food items used. We looked at the brazen altar. We looked at like how that each of those were complementing the name of Jesus throughout the whole journey. We saw how that when people take care of God's work, when people take care of the temple, then the nation flourishes. When we take care of what God has called us to do, then whatever happens around us will start to multiply and prosper. Then we went on to meditate on the, the heavens. We looked at like what heaven is like, and we just like to spend time on New Jerusalem. We spent some time on New, new Earth. And then we traveled into the names of the Lord. And uh, we, we saw there was about, there was about like a 950 recorded names or titles for the Lord. And we looked at few. Um, nearly for four months, we looked at the different names of the Lord. And then, you know, I was thinking to myself, we need to pick an area where we can actually go deeper into that. And one thing that just like I kept in my mind is like all these miracles that are happening in the Bible that's recorded, some of these miracles we've heard from like when we were in Sunday school. Some of these miracles we commonly hear among the preaching. Some of these miracles are in this even secular world puts certain miracles out because they get like fascinated by like a Jesus walking on the water or calming the storm. These, some of these miracles we've heard and seen so many times. But then when I started to look at some of these miracles, there were so many deeper meanings and deeper messages the Lord has placed inside those miracles. Not only that, it actually gives an assurance that we serve a God for him, nothing is impossible. He is the Alpha and he is the Omega. And there is no other name that is above his name. And I heard one of the preachers say, saying, um, trust him till he shows up. That's when miracles happen. If, if you are like thinking about the miracle, some people want to see like a God being like a magician, like a swinging his wand and just like making things happen. No, there's like a more to it than just like a, you know, change or a sign that shows up. Sometimes when we read the word of God the first time, the second time, the third time, there is something that is like a detail that is in the word. God has left it in there. And that's what we will go after. It's almost like a painting. We will just like a go into the different facets of these paintings, right? When I looked at the, the miracles in the Bible, there are about 164 recorded miracles in the Bible. 83 miracles were recorded in the Old Testament, and the two guys 
who had a complete control of all these miracles or, you know, being part of was Elijah and Elisha, right? But in the New Testament, um, uh, there were like uh, about 81 miracles in the New Testament. 33 were recorded miracles of like what Jesus did. And uh, Paul and Peter and all of them had uh, done their portions in there. We'll take and see where God takes us, um, however far uh, he will take us. And uh, the first thing is I was looking for the definition of this miracle, and there were like a three definitions. It made so much sense. And so I'm just going to say that so you'll just like uh, if you're taking notes. Um, miracle is an unusual manifestation of God's power in which he intervenes in human affairs. A miracle is an unusual manifestation of God's power in which he intervenes in human affairs. Miracles display God's power, inspire wonder, and act as signs that prove who God is or substantiate his message to the world. A miracle is a supernatural event that reveals a specific divine message. I don't know how many of you have been to a circus. In India, the circus is like a, a big deal. Every year during the summertime, we would get like this big circus companies come and tent around our cities. Right. And uh, in that circus, there are so many acts, like nearly three hours of this session will go on and on and on. Um, there will be like uh, the clowns uh, uh, doing certain acts. Uh, we will see like uh, the, the people swinging um, on those uh, uh, big bars with the nets at the bottom. And there is like a motorcyclist going in circles inside a large, you know, area. And these are all like a different entertaining factors that will be there. But there is like a certain times of that circus, you would see like some serious acts where the ringmaster will come in and they will raise up all the um, you know, fences around like this large fences will go up and he will bring this big, like a trail of like a lions one after the other into that ring and he would make them all sit on, on, on those tall chairs. These lions will get on it and he would just like make them jump through the circle. He would make them jump in a circle where the fires are. And so here's one circus where there was all these acts who were going on. And uh, in the middle of this ringmaster performing with the lions, about like a 10 or 12 lions were in the ring and the fences were up. He's talking to them. Right when he was in the middle of all this act, the power went off. And there was a gloom and darkness. Nothing anybody can see. And there was an absolute quietness. 
in that crowd because they didn't know what is going to happen to this ringmaster who is right in the middle of these 12 lions and all the gates closed, fences up. What's going to happen to him? They were all scared of this ringmaster, right? While they were all wondering what's going on, they heard the ringmaster slap his belt on the floor and he started to talk to these lions. And he started to give commands to the lions. And there was no, like a roaring sound or anything from inside the ring. Everybody was quiet and they could only hear the ringmaster speak. And a few minutes later, the power came up and he completed the act. But at the very end, the, the, the newspaper guys came and they were asking him, what was going on at that time? Were you scared? And one of the reporters said, sir, did you know that this lion can see in darkness while you cannot see? Were you scared? And the ringmaster said, yes, for a moment I was scared. But then I realized that I know that the lions can see even in the darkness, but I cannot see in the darkness. But the only difference is that the lions doesn't know that I cannot see them. So I started to talk to them. And the lions behaved themselves in the ring. Why am I saying this story? The Bible says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. The thing is that sometimes these issues that comes to us, we have no answer for, and that we are just right in the middle where even the power is cut off, and there is so many of these things, like the bills that shows up, or that the body is just like not cooperating, or the marriage is broken, all of these things can leave us in a place where we are not able to see what is going to come. But as long as we know the truth, the one who is sitting on the right hand of the Father, he sees you and me. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And the fact that he is still sitting on the throne, right hand side of the Father, judging them, the living and the dead, and he is going to show up. He is going to be the one that's going to give us access to the heaven. Knowing the truth will set us free. And that's what I believe as we go through this next several weeks, through this miracle, my prayer is that God will speak to you and your heart. With that said, let's go to Luke chapter 17. One of the 81 miracles that we will look at today. And verses 11 through 19. Luke chapter 17. As you know, Luke is a, a doctor, physician. And he was also very detailed in writing. This one miracle that we're going to see today was written only by Luke and not the other four gospel writers. 
he saw something in this miracle because the Bible says there are so many miracles that were done by Jesus. They didn't record all of them because they didn't have like a, the people can scribe during those years. And so they recorded only 33 of his miracles, recorded miracles, and this is one of them. And uh, as we read this, you will see a lot of details that starts to show up. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, verse 11, right, Jesus traveled along the borders between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. When I read this miracle, and all the miracles, there were like one of the miracles that we did on Friday night where Jesus walked on the water. None of these miracles like is showing that Jesus is cool, that he can do all these things. But instead, these are all recorded in the Word of God. So there is some detail that's going to teach us and encourage us this morning. First thing that just like, you know, showed up when I read this one is this. He's talking about Samaria and Galilee. There are two places mentioned in the beginning, right? These two places where the Jews were rejecting and not wanting to go there. Why? Because the Jews, the, the leaders of the Jewish community, saw these places as a places where the Jewish people and Gentiles were mixing. They were like, a, um, you, you know, they were um, not following like the Jewish culture in purity. They were just like, a, you know, allowing other things to happen. And they didn't want to, to do too many things um, with the dealings with the, the people living in Samaria and Galilee. They left them as rejects. They left them as a place that they don't want to go. But the Bible says Jesus was passing through. Jesus was traveling along the borders. Jesus spent a lot of time in these two places where the people were refusing to go. In fact, Galilee, you would see in so many of these references in the Bible where Jesus performed 25 out of 33 recorded miracles in this town named Galilee. In fact, Jesus spoke 19 out of the 22 parables from the city or the town called Galilee. Galilee was like a, a base headquarters where Jesus' ministry thrived. 
And what just like it shows up from reading just those two words that Lucas is at. God goes to places where no one wants to go. He goes to places where the rejects are. He goes to places where the people are forgotten. And he comes across this village, and the, the, the Bible doesn't say the name of this village. It's an unnamed village. It doesn't matter for the story. And so he comes across this village where he saw there, was, there were ten lepers. One of the things that just like just stood out from this, and I think it is a very fundamental, you know, message that God wants to send to us when he sees a miracle is this. Where he saw there were 10 people, there were 10 lepers that were standing in a the distance. They were calling him Jesus because they knew he is a savior. They knew there is something about him. They heard of him. But they also have said, Master, Master, what does it mean? In, in our terms, like in today's term, the Master does not mean a whole lot of meaning. But in those days when the Bible was written, the Master was like a very special term. What it signified is that the, the word Master tells that the person who is calling out somebody as a Master, he knows that the person is, uh, 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 you know, the, the, the owner. The person has like a control over many and that they were ready to surrender to this person. A total control to that person. And we saw on Friday night, we were uh, reading about the, the, the Jesus walking on the water on the post watch when he showed up near the water and that the the people were completely exhausted, rowing the boat from nearly like a 6 o'clock to this fourth watch, which is about like a 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. So they have tried every possible way to get through that stormy water, and they are tired at this point, and they were giving up, and they were giving the control back. And every one of these miracles that I see, God shows up when the people completely surrender themselves to the Lord. I do not know what miracle you're praying for. You prayed and prayed and prayed, and nothing seems to be moving. If nothing seems to be moving, it could be that we need to look a little bit closer in our own life to see if there are areas in our life that we are not willing to surrender. Is there anything where we are not letting God take a complete charge of? Is there any room in your heart that you're saying, God, you can do everywhere else. You can take control of everything else. But when it comes to this place, God, I just need a little bit of leverage. I just need a little bit of time to get rid of. And God is saying, I'm looking for you to completely surrender like these men who calls him master. In the medieval times, around like a 1200 AD, a mercenaries, mercenaries like these are like a professional soldiers, highly paid, were hired in the name of the Lord. And they would go and execute on behalf of their owners or whoever called them to go. 
to get the job done, right? And some of them were hired for godly work. These men, I, I, you know, I cannot even believe why would somebody hire mercenaries to go kill somebody uh, for the Lord? But that's beyond our imagination or our, our thought process. But here, these mercenaries, before they went to work, because they were going for large work, somebody had this idea that they need to be baptized before they go, right? And so when they would baptize them, they would baptize the whole body of these mercenaries, except their hand with their knife will be outside their baptism tank, right? And the, the essence of what they were saying is like, God, I surrender everything except this knife because I'm going to kill somebody with this knife, right? We may think, oh, my God, these guys are so, you know, idiotic. They're just like, a, you know, thinking that the God doesn't have a control. That's why he's, they're just like a leaving their hands out. But how many times we do the same thing with the Lord? God is asking us to say, like, I want you to give you completely to the work. I want you to give yourself completely to this mission. I want you to give yourself 100% to this work that I've called you. But you say like, God, all those are fine. Let me leave my purse outside. I can give my time. I can give my work. But God, I just need this money because I don't have enough to pay for my bills. And God is saying this morning to you and me to call him master and trust him completely with what we have. In fact, these guys are saying, we need mercy. That's what they're saying. Have mercy on us. They're asking him, have pity on us. And God is saying to you and me this morning, I'm willing to give my mercy to you. The very fact that we woke up this morning is God's mercy. Mercy woke you and me up this morning. That's why the Bible says morning by morning, he gives a fresh batch of mercy. The very fact that we don't have COVID or any of the deadly diseases this morning in our body is because of mercy kept us from getting infected. The, the mercy has given, God's mercy has given us the access to the heavens which we don't deserve. In fact, I heard one of the preachers say that God has been better to us than we have been better to ourselves. When we realize what he has given to us and what he has done to us on the rugged cross, we have nothing but to tell God, Master, Master, I surrender everything that I have. Is there any area in your life this morning that you are not calling God the master? Is there any area that you need to just like go in and say, hmm, I've held this so long, I don't want to do this. Is there a pride? Is there like a, you know, something that you know and God has been talking to you, God has been telling you, God has been, you know, pushing that in your heart that you need to give up watching certain TV programs or movies or, or if he's telling you 
to just like a not to do certain things. If that is a, there is a man that you don't want to be around, or if there is like a woman that you don't want to be around, if there is something that God is saying to you, don't do it. And you know that. Only you. Nobody else will know except you about that one thing that God is speaking to you. Have you given yourself to Jesus saying, Master, this is all I have. God, I'm going to wash my hands before you. Then the second thing that I saw in this miracle is that he sees me when nobody else sees me. He sees me when no one else sees me. When you look at the verse 12, it says, As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, the Bible says, he saw them. The thing is, doctor, in those days, leprosy is not something that anyone welcomed. In fact, nobody even wanted to talk about leprosy. And, you know, these days, nobody is talking as much as well because there's so many medical advances that come by. But in the days of the Bible, the leprosy was considered as a deadly disease. In fact, it was even considered like a plague, right? And this is like um, the, the details of this leprosy, if I just like go into this message, you and I may not even have like an appetite to eat our lunch today. That's how uh, gruesome was this disease, right? Uh, when it infects somebody's body and, and just like it takes control of them, just like COVID, right? These days, when the COVID um, virus gets into our body, it doesn't, uh, you, you know, grow with the cells that it's coming in, but it uses the cells that we already have, and it grows on those, um, you know, movement of blood cells. It grows on our body's strength. Like the same way, uh, when when somebody is infected by leprosy, that that kind of like a, a virus or the infection takes control of the nerve system. It numbs the hands. It numbs the feet. Sometimes they don't even feel anything. Their faces can be formed. The most critical thing of all this, leave alone the leprosy part, but this is just a long journey towards death because they they are going to go through this this entire life through through that journey, they're just going to be humiliated through this journey, right? They're not going to die. They're going to live, but they're going to carry them. Sometimes it's not about the physical death that this disease brings, but it's also the social death and the cultural death. They were kicked out of the town. Nobody wants to talk to them, right? In fact, there is a religious law that says they have to yell out their condition as they're going into town. They have to say, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. And the people would just like a move and 
as they go in through the town. Can you imagine walking on the streets and shouting, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. This is like today's term, if I just like translate it to today, it's almost like we have to go out on the streets and say, I have COVID, I have COVID. Think about like you're walking into a room full of people, you're shouting, I have COVID, I have COVID, I feel like coughing. Everybody will move and give you room. But in those days, this sounds like more funny, but in those days it wasn't funny because they were, they were strict information and laws. In, even in the book of, uh, of the Old Testament in Leviticus 13 and 14, God gives such a detailed instruction on what to do when someone is just like a, infected by leprosy, right? Their only identity is uncleanness. That's why they stood at a distance and Jesus looked at them. There are so many people that were passing by that town because it was a festival time. They were going into a festival time in Jerusalem. They would cross that area so many times. But when these guys called out, the Bible says Jesus saw them when nobody else was seeing them, Jesus saw them. I do not know how many of you are in pain this morning, whether it is a physical pain or an emotional pain or a mental pain, whatever you're going through this morning, the one comforting factor that we read from this verse is that Jesus sees you and me. So many times, in my own life, when I feel like I'm alone in this battle, God has spoken to me with more clarity when I'm crying out to him. When nobody else knows what's going on in your heart, there are certain prayers you cannot say in public. Only God can hear, or only you and God can know. And the only factor that's comforting for us this morning is Jesus sees you and me. That's why Psalmist says in Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, and your rod and your staff, staff they comfort me. And that's why I really like this morning services on Sunday morning, because this is an environment where we are encouraging each other. I, I, I really was so comforted a couple of weeks ago, or at least two weeks ago, one of my good friends for over 20 years, and uh, his son, Christian, was arrested for murder. I, I, I don't know whether Christian is right or wrong, but the heart of the father was just like a broken into million pieces. And I have no idea how to comfort this man because any way that I tried to comfort, it wouldn't have comforted him because I haven't been to where he is. So if I have to say something to him, it's not going to be convincing for him because I haven't been there. And so I invited him to come to a Friday night service 
And at that time, when Miss Brenda, Miss Collette, Miss Sarah, all of them started to minister to him later that night, he called crying, saying, this is exactly what I needed to hear because they just saw me where I am. Church is not a country club for saints. It's a hospital where Jesus shows up to treat and work with his children. I do not know what your pain is this morning. But know this for sure. When you are in pain, you definitely appreciate the people sticking around. And I, I, I've said this so many times, you know, there are times that, you know, there are people that show up in this line. They're showing up on that prayer line. They show up because they know there is a group of people here that would cry out to the Lord. The group of people are here that would cry with me. The group of people here that would understand what I'm going through. And that's because Jesus is rubbing his attribute into your attribute and me. When we draw near to him, we start to feel the sense of his heart. We start to feel, you know, what he sees. And that's what God is doing to this group of people on this line. That he is actually showing Miss Katina what does it mean to be with those ladies because they, those ladies needed something to unwind themselves so they can actually open up to see what God sees. There was a man who lost his wife and uh, that night after he has just buried his wife, he came home when after everyone left, his pastor came late in the evening just to comfort him. When they came, when he came into the house, it was a complete silence. The, the man that, who lost his wife was just like a totally broken. And this pastor sat there in a chair opposite to where this man was sitting. And he would try to say something or he would open his mouth to say something. Somehow he wasn't able to say something to this man, but he would just like sit there. And they would just like nod their heads from time to time. But just they sat there the whole night. They didn't say anything, but they both sat there in that room. And in the morning, the pastor left. They didn't say even one word that night. Several months later, this man, this man who lost his wife met the pastor, and he thanked the pastor because he said that night what she did comforted me. What am I saying? Sometimes when we go meet with somebody who's going through trouble, who's going through pain, who's going through something, a struggle, and you don't have a word to say, you don't need to say anything to that person. You just show up in that moment in time and God uses your presence to start to heal the person that you are with. We don't need to have all the answers. We don't need to know all the verses in the Bible. We don't even need to know the solution for the problem. The very fact that we are showing up comforts people. And more than anything, the God whom they worship sees you and me. And the thing is this, 
you, when, when you go to somebody to minister, sometimes it's awkward because you don't even know what to say. You and I may not be a pastor. You and I may not be a doctor. You and I may not have access to the information to give solution, but the one thing that we all have is access to the people who are in pain. When we get out of this pandemic situation, we're going to go to a place in this nation and across this world. We're going to be surrounded by people who have lost their loved ones. We're going to be surrounded by people who have lost the opportunities. We're going to be surrounded by people who are going to say, I didn't have my graduation. I didn't have my this thing or that thing. They're broken. The world, this community that we are going to be in needs you and me to step in. Jesus has everyone that's going through a pain in his radar. He sees them. He sees you and me. We need to ask God to turn that antenna in our own life so that we can also see what God sees. We can cry for what makes us. His heartbreak. That's what these lepers saw. Jesus sees me. Jesus saw when nobody else was seeing him. The third point that I want to say this morning is that when you and I are looking for a miracle, God is going to ask us to take a step of faith. Look at the verse 14. He says, when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. When Jesus asked them to do that, it was really ridiculous. You know why? In those days, the, the, the leprosy is considered as a plague, like I said earlier, right? And God has given a lot of instructions in the book of Leviticus 13 and 14 about this. And so, when someone is unclean, like they have leprosy, in order for them to be verified as clean, they are supposed to go to the priest, and they, have, they are instructed to quarantine them for eight days to just like a watch them in a separate place. There's, there's a lot of instructions. You can go to Leviticus 13 and 14. You will see that, right? So at the end, they examine, they validate, they say this person is clean, right? But... Read that verse. When, when they saw, when Jesus saw them, he said, go and show yourself to the priest. As they went, they were cleansed. So here, they were not clean when they were walking out of the conversation from Jesus. Right? But they took God's word for granted and started to walk to show themselves to the priest. This is like, they, they know they will be stoned if they show up in front of the priest and that they are not clean. And if they claim themselves clean and that they are not clean, they're not going to be treated nicely. They're just going to be stoned to death. Sometimes God will ask us to do certain things, just like how he told these, these men that were infected by leprosy. When Moses was standing in front of the Red Sea, 
he sees the army on their back, and he sees the water with the Red Sea in the front. God could have said, part the Red Sea, separate them. He could have done that, but instead, he's, he was telling Moses to lift his rod towards that water, and then the water split. God could have healed this leprosy people that morning and said, like, be healed. And then he could have said, go and show yourself to the priest. And instead, he sent them, and they walked. Joshua, you know, in the book of Joshua, we read in Joshua chapter 3, right, these children of Israel have been wandering in the desert for 40 years. And now they are very close to the promised land. But there was one thing that is standing in the middle between them and the promised land is this giant river, Jordan River, was in the middle. And to make things worse, this is what God does. He isn't going to ask us to, you know, stretch our faith when we are going through something as deep as like what these lepers were going through. So during this time, there was a harvest period, and the water was flowing in full force. But God said, I'm going to let you cross through this water, right? And they all showed up, nearly three million people showed up at the shores of Jordan. And they have to cross through, but this water is coming with such ferocity into that, uh, you know, river. And it was coming with so much of aggressiveness. They could have just said like, Joshua, did you really hear from God what he was wanting us to do? Really? He wants us to cross in this ferocious water and die? We would rather go back to Egypt than die, right? But the Bible says, when their feet touched the water, the Jordan River stopped flowing. I do not know what God is asking us to do, asking you to do this morning. Maybe, you know, your, your marriage may be in the verge of like a brokenness. Or the relationship may be strained. And God may ask you to do certain things. He may ask you to, to say sorry. Or, you know, he may ask you to take them someplace. Or he may ask you to do something. But when God tells you to do something in the middle of your trouble, you and I are supposed to take his word and, and follow them. When we follow his word, by the time we get to where we are going, the miracle would have happened. I don't know, you know, what the healing, I may not know what the healing that you need this morning. I may not be healed now. I may still have that, uh, you know, effect of like what I'm going through in my body. If, I, if God is like a goal, we should go. I might not even have the answer for putting my life together. If God says go, we should be going. I might not have the job now. If God says put on that dress and start walking, we should start walking. I may not have the money to pay the bills. If God says go start walking, by the time we get to the place where we are going, I will have it all. I may not have you know, 
all the answers to what the government says or the people say or even my own mind says. But the miracle will begin to happen when they start to walk. And God is saying to you and me this morning, don't wait for the miracle to happen to start moving. The, the thing is, even when your business is broken, God may ask you to, to pledge something. Even if your, your, the bills are not being paid, God may ask you to do something. If God tells you, presses in your heart, obey what God is pressing in your heart. The fourth one, don't settle for physical healing. When we read this, right, we already saw in the earlier verse, when they started to walk towards the, the, the priest, they were already healed, right? But when we read the 15th verse, one of those guys came back, right? He saw, uh, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Okay, so here's one guy who, out of the ten guys, only one of them came back. I've heard, like, so many messages about this one guy who came back. He happens to be a Samaritan and so on. But here's the thing. On the verse 17, Jesus asked, where are the other ten? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Here's the question. If this man was already healed before, then why did God say, you are healed again? Right? If he was already, you know, taking the sickness, God has already taken his sickness out. What is this the second time he's saying you have made well? In another version it says, go, you're healed. If he was already healed, right? So here's the thing. I went after these two healings that these verses are talking about. There are two healings that, uh, um, you know, we see here. The first time when we saw that they were cleansed, that they were healed. It was the, the word, I'm going to butcher this word, it's a Greek word called catheterization, catheterization, right? Which is a medical term for a physical healing, right? Take it for that, right? Uh, catheter or catheterization, right? It means like you're physically healed. All of those nine of those men, except this one, were satisfied with the physical healing. But the second healing that it says in that verse 17, that you have been healed, or you have been made whole, or you have been made wrong, that word that was used there is sozo, S-O-Z-O, sozo. This word, actually I, I referenced, is being used a hundred times in the New Testament. And what this word sozo means is a complete package of healing. It, it also means salvation, deliverance, and it, it also means the whole. It is going beyond healing. 
that the soul is healed, the soul is saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected, made whole. Sometimes when we pray for something and when we get healed, oftentimes we are not going back like this leper and asking God to heal us completely. The sozo is what we need. You know, we all have access to that healer who can heal not only physically, but he can heal our mind. He can heal our soul. He can heal our emotions. He can save us. And that's what, that's the word that's even used in Romans chapter 10 verses 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be healed. You will be so sold. God can bring a healing that is much more higher than what we are asking for. And I'm going to pray for you and me this morning that we don't walk away with just a physical healing, but mental and emotional healing. I want you and me to be made whole. Wherever we are, we need to be healed completely this morning. I do not know what you're going through in your life. I do not know what is paining you this morning. I do not know what is causing you to grieve and make your pillows wet. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do right now. Nobody is seeing it. This is not like a church. If you have a pain that you are struggling with and struggled with for so long in your life, like this lepers, you just like struggled inside and you feel like there is something that is just not happening in your life, I want you to raise both your hands right now. Wherever you are, close your eyes and raise your hands right now. This is an act of obedience that you want to see God heal. There is like so many precedents to lifting our hands and letting ourselves completely surrender before God. And I'm going to be praying for you right now as I'm going to, you know, touch each and every one of you spiritually right now. Wherever you are, lift up your hands if you're needing of a healing this morning. Lift up your hands if there is a pain in your life. It doesn't need to be a physical pain, but it could be an emotional and a mental pain. And you want to get rid of it today. And God is willing to send you to the priest to show that you're completely healed. Father, I just pray right now, as I touch each and every one of my brothers and sisters on this line right now, Father God, as we touch each other as we lift up our hands in complete surrender, Father God. We're asking, Father, this morning to have mercy on us this morning, Father. Hold our hands together, Father God. We are done. We have done everything we can. We have spent and spend at this point. Father God, this is the fourth watch we have driven this far with our own strength, Father. We don't want to carry this any longer. 
Father God, this morning we are asking you, Father God, to just like uh, touch us. Father God, we are asking you to turn around and look at us. God, the Bible says when those who wait on the Lord, Father God, when we wait on the Lord, you incline towards us. You turn around and see us. God, I just lift up every one of my brothers and sisters on this line as they have lifted up their hands, Father God. Touch them, Father God. Let them feel your divine touch right now, Father God. Let them see the healing to the completeness. I just pray this breakthrough that we are asking for, Father God, is not going to come unless you touch our hands. You are the way maker. You are the miracle worker. You are the promise keeper. You are the light in the darkness that we need this morning, Father God. God, I believe, Father, very strongly right now that this is the day that God has made. God, that we will see in our days, Father God, the blind will see, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, the cancer will vanish, the tumors will fall, the Red Sea will split, the walls of Jericho will crumble, and the dead will be raised. Father, we believe us this morning with all of our heart and mind. Touch each and every one of us. Turn your face, Father God, and look at our situation. Everything will be changed. If only you see, everything will be changed only when you touch. God, we pray just like those ten lepers are asking for mercy. God, show us your mercy this morning on my part. In Jesus' name, amen. Ms. Bettina. Amen. Man, thank you so much for that wonderful message. Lord, we just worship you and just magnify your name and all your miracles. The miracles, which is an unusual manifestation of God's power in which he interferes in his people's affairs. There are over 164 recorded miracles in the Bible. 83 in the Old Testament done by Elijah to Elijah, and 33 in the New Testament, majority formed by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I just thank him and thank you, Cyril, for reminding us that God is mighty and magnificent in all his ways, and with him, nothing is impossible. He is Alpha and Omega. He is beginning and end. He is the author and the finisher. That we can trust him until he shows up and we will find miracles. We should know the truth for ourselves and the truth will set us free. The one who sits on the throne at the right hand of the Father gives us access to the Father's miracles. And I thank you for the word from Luke 17, verses 11 through 19, and reminding us that the same miracles that he performed for the lepers, that he can perform in our lives, whatever it is that we've got going on, whatever it is that we're doing, 
people will cancel us out and not want to be around us. But Jesus spent a lot of time with the people and in places that people didn't want to go. He went into those places. God wants to go where people are forgotten. He wants to go where people don't want to go. He will show up in those areas. But we got to surrender unto the Lord. We have to ask ourselves, are there areas in our lives that we won't let God take control of? We want the miracles, but we don't want the total surrender in order to get the miracles. Have you completely surrendered unto the Lord? God just doesn't want us to give our time and our money when he has an assignment on our lives. He wants 100% of us in the mission so he can give us 100% of the mercy and of the miracles. He don't give us partial. He gives us all, and he wants all of us. So are we crying out, Master, Master, this is all I have, and I give it all to you. He sees us when nobody else sees us. Again, people will cancel us out, but God never cancels us out. People will act as if they don't see, but God always sees. Even when people ignore us, he doesn't ignore us. So when we feel like we're alone and in pain and cry out to God, this is the place where God wants to carry us so he can speak clearly to us when we spend that alone time with him, when we can tell him things that we can't tell anyone else. And in that place, he shows up and he performs the miracles in our lives. He performs the breakthroughs that we need. And because we have come through that pain, breakthrough, we've received our healing, we've received our miracle, he wants us to use our situations to bless others. He will give us the power that we need in order to help others through their pain, through their situations. I encourage you to go show yourself to the priest. God doesn't, doesn't want us to get things right or want us to feel as if we can only come to him when we are perfect. He wants us to come just as we are, show up just like we are. And God will ask us to do things as we are. And through our obedience, we will find miracles. Don't wait for it to look right or feel right. Go in the uncomfortable state. And we will find God there, and we will also find the miracle. I ask you, do you have Joshua-like faith? Joshua encouraged the people to go forward, even when it looked like when it was the water was in its most messy state. Will you put your feet in the water so that the water will be made still? Take God's word in the midst of your trouble. And in that time, when we get to the other side, the miracle will meet us there. But don't wait on the miracle to happen first before we will move on God's behalf. And don't just 
settle for the physical healing. Your faith has made you well. And declare your miracle out of your mouth. I pray a sozo healing over each and every one of you, a complete package healing, salvation healing, and deliverance, mind, body, and soul. Zero. Amen. 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 Lord Jesus, we bow before you in humility and ask you to examine our hearts today. Show us anything that is not pleasing to you. Reveal any secret pride, any unconfessed sin, rebellion, or unforgiveness that may be hindering our relationship with you. We know that we are your beloved children, having received you into our hearts and lives and having accepted your death as penalty for our sinfulness. The price you paid covers us for all time, and our desire is to live for you. As we take the bread representing your life that was broken for us, we remember and celebrate your faithfulness to us and to all who will receive you. Thank you for your extravagant love and unmerited favor. Thank you that your death gave us life, abundant life now and eternal life forever. We receive this bread in remembrance of you. And in the same way, we take the cup representing your blood poured out from a splinted cross. You are the supreme sacrifice for all of our sins, past, present, and future. Today, we remember and celebrate the precious gift of life you gave us through the blood you spill. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 When we read these verses in this miracle, we see that this man came back after he was healed. Praising God in a loud voice, he threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. This morning, as we are going to partake in the work, in the in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ, I wanted to ask God to forgive each and every one of us for the times we haven't opened our mouth. I'm asking God to forgive us for the times we have sold God without lifting Him. I wanted to ask God to forgive us for the times. That we have not been thankful for what he has done. It is a reminder for every one of us to lift our hands and lift our mouths and just praise him. And that's what Jesus was telling us And the night before he was crucified. He took a bread and he just broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this in thankfulness of me. Do this in lifting me up before the people as we take this body. Let God be the, the, the this, this bread be the reminder for you and me of all the things God has done. Let's take the bread.
in the same way he took the cup. After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the drink. Father, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning for who you are, Father God, and who we are before you, Father God, this morning. As we read through the verses, Father God, we realize, Father God, that we are in a place where you can see us. We have never been out of your sight, Father God. You have always seen us through. God, if this is like a ninth hour, if this is like eleventh hour, or if this is like the fourth watch, Father God, just as we lifted our hands today, Father God, in a complete surrender, Father God, we pray that you will, Father God, intervene into our situation, intervene into our life, and bring the complete sozo healing into our mind, body, and soul this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, for your glory. The conference has been unmuted. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, what an awesome word. Awesome, awesome word. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let it become real and alive in our life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Imagine he sees that. Yes. The very fact that we can erase everything that we talked about today. He sees that. Yes. You know, I just want to quickly remind us what we talked about on Friday. There was a group of people, including Pastor Stephen Furtick, they went to um, Israel to this very mountain where Jesus was standing when those people were rowing, and the, the, the guide slipped out and just like let them, you know, explore that area. And uh, what they found out was that even though Jesus was on the mountain, he was able to see them all the time. Even though they were on the sea, struggling to go to the other end, Jesus was always able to see them. You know, I just pray that, that, you know, if we forget everything that we talked about today, the fact that he sees us is an assurance. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Have an amazing week, and we'll come back. Um, and, uh, you know, pick another miracle next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. Have a good weekend, and we will see you very soon. Amen. Bye, everyone. Everybody, Everybody have a great day. Yeah. Have a good one. Amen. Amen. Amen.